Hello and welcome to this episode of Special Ed Rising, the podcast, No Parent Left Behind, episode 30. Special Ed Rising is a podcast aimed at parents and caregivers of children along the spectrum of disabilities, but welcomes siblings, teachers, healthcare professionals, and anyone interested in learning about topics from the world of exceptional needs, educational services, health and wellness, fitness, nutrition for you and your child, and more. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're looking for an open, friendly, and honest source to inform and inspire you, then you've come to the right place. I'm Mark, and I have 34 years of experience teaching kids and coaching parents, and I'm your host. I hope this podcast can inspire you to face your days more confidently, stirring a greater sense of self-love, mindfulness, and outpouring of goodness and positive role modeling for your children. Always keep you and your mental, physical, and if you're inclined, spiritual health in mind. Attending to these areas will allow you to be all you hope to be for them. Today I'll be speaking on the subject of kids helping kids, or in particular, neurotypical or non-disabled kids helping neurodiverse or disabled children, and the benefits to both people involved in their journey together. After that, stay tuned for a tip of the cap, your exceptional needs parenting tip. Combine today with Good News Community Share for some promising and inspiring news that impacts connects, celebrates, and gives hope to your child and parents like yourselves. So let's open our hearts and reach out our hands to gather in another win. On Monday evenings, my agency hosts a socialization game night for teens on the spectrum. It's a great opportunity for both child and parent to increase their contact with new people outside of their home school environment. Each team participant expresses their approval of the group in their own unique way, bringing their personalities and preferences to each interaction or activity offered. But it's apparent that they enjoy the experience. There's a great benefit to those kids being exposed to new opportunities, just as it is for all kids finding their way in this world. The more exposure to things outside of the daily routine can in fact create new routines and the comfort levels for each person will have the chance to increase each time a new activity is presented. These are the benefits of inclusion. And I want to take a minute or so to sidebar and speak on inclusion in academics in order to set the stage for the topic of stepping beyond an involuntary scenario where students of all types are placed together in schools and then circle back to being together on a voluntary basis and the benefits of that. We live in a time of progressive thought when it comes to inclusion in schools, despite those that would want to take us back to less enlightened times. But that aside, generally I believe, I hope anyway, that we might agree that there are great benefits to the practice of inclusion for a child with a disability. According to KidTogether.com, some of these include friendships, increased social initiations, relationships and networks, peer role models for academics, social and behavior skills, increased achievement of IEP goals, increased inclusion in future environments, greater opportunities for interactions, higher expectations, increased parent participation, and families are more integrated into the community, to name some. According to ScienceDaily.com, high school students with disabilities achieve better outcomes in inclusive academic settings. They published a study released in September of 2022 from Indiana University That examines the results of special education placements in Indiana schools. Quote, Indiana high school students with disabilities who spent 80% of their educational time in general education classrooms scored higher on state reading and math assessments 
and were better prepared for post-secondary education and employment opportunities than their peers in less inclusive settings. And while this remains the popular belief and the benefits are there for many people, there's room for improvement with the laws uh, that protect the rights of the disabled in academia. Arlene Cantor is a disability law expert and the founder of Syracuse University College of Law Disability Law and Policy Program. Professor Cantor says the promise of Section 504 remains unfulfilled. Barriers still exist within the law and its regulations that make it difficult, if not impossible, for some qualified students with disabilities to access the accommodations and services they need. From worldeducationblog.org, the 2020 Global Education Monitoring Report reminded us of the hurdles that still stand in the way of inclusive education. Discrimination, stereotypes, and alienation still exclude many. These mechanisms of exclusion are essentially the same, regardless of gender, location, wealth, disability, ethnicity, language, migration, displacement, sexual orientation, incarceration, religion, and other beliefs and attitudes. One in five children, adolescents, and youth are entirely excluded from education. Children with disabilities are more likely to be out of school than their peers, suggesting they are amongst the hardest to reach. So there's work to be done still, and and I hope to dig further into this uh, in future podcasts. However, for our purposes today, when we attach ourselves to the belief and to the facts that support inclusion as movement forward towards a more fair and equitable education system, we're availing ourselves to be open to the possibilities. And the possibilities present themselves to each and every disabled child when we have a healthy, supportive system. With that as a background, I'd like to speak about how inclusion has a whole other population that it benefits as well, kind of the the other side of the equation. When we think of inclusion, we don't generally think of its impact on the non-disabled neurotypical individuals and the benefits that accompany them, but they are real and supported by research. KidTogether.com lists some benefits as the development of meaningful friendships, increased appreciation and acceptance of individual differences, increased understanding and acceptance of diversity, respect for all people. It prepares all students for adult life in an inclusive society. It offers opportunities to master activities by practicing and teaching others. It encourages greater academic outcomes and all students' needs are better met, while greater resources are available for everyone. They also state that there's not any research that shows any negative effects from inclusion done appropriately with the necessary supports and services for students to actively participate and achieve IEP goals. Hellas Autism supports these benefits of an inclusive classroom for both neurotypical children and children with exceptional needs. For neurotypical students, they list improved pro-social behaviors, strengthened sense of self, and a lifelong understanding and acceptance. As for the neurodiverse students, they list better understanding of socially accepted behaviors, academic success, and improved employment and independence outcomes. I don't think there's any serious argument as to the advantages of inclusion. And given what we've learned, if there can be these benefits in school when the day is set up in such a way that students are involuntarily placed together as to allow for interaction and all of the advantages I've mentioned, how much greater might these benefits be when they are doubled down on by non-disabled teens who volunteer to work with their disabled counterparts? How much greater is the impact of forging a friendship and giving of yourselves, finding more meaning to life and looking beyond yourselves to think of another without being told to do so? 
One might expect that one's self-esteem is further nurtured along with a sense of community developed. An awareness of another's challenges helps all of us to look at our own when we see how those challenges are faced and overcome. A non-disabled teen who looks at another disabled teen and stops at what they see and the impressions they, they draw from the visual paints a stagnant picture and limits their awareness. I mean, don't we all do that daily? We look at others and see something and decide that's it. But when we reach out to connect, we find a whole person and a whole history there, a story that we can invest in and discover, not only about that person, but about ourselves. How does their story impact how we see ourselves? I believe volunteering can deliver these results. I want to mention a word or two about the three teens who show up every week after school to help facilitate the game night I opened the show with. They are really tremendous and, and bring unique perspectives, personalities, quirks, talents, energies, and, and approaches to the work while possessing the same willingness to interact and connect comfortably and honestly with the clients. Another cool thing that comes from my exploring this subject is that I had a comment from the Weinfeld Education Group in response to my blog on this topic, and I liked what was said. Um, to quote them, we can learn a lot from our kids Empathy, joy, kindness, how to be in the moment. I like this because it brought up the idea of how important it is to pay attention to what our kids have to teach us and how we as the adults can always be made better by watching and respecting our children. The rewards of volunteering don't stop with the kids. They're there for us to absorb and pass on, to make us better people as well. I use the example of the Game Night Teens to inspire other teens to step outside your comfort zone and connect with someone who can use your help. United Disabilities Services at udservices.org talks about the differences volunteering to help disabled people can make in the life of non-disabled persons. Several have been mentioned already, but two I thought were important to add here were that it can have an increase in everyone's mental health. Connecting and supporting a volunteer organization will not only increase your mental health, but also the mental health of others. Volunteering is known to help fight depression, stress, anger, and anxiety. And the other is the societal stigma that disabled people feel. Societal stigmas often cause significant distress for people with disabilities. As a volunteer, you'll reduce the social stigma and allow people with disabilities to feel more comfortable in society. Volunteering is also a great way for siblings of a neurodiverse child to get a better understanding of their own brother or sister. And even better still, they can invite their friends to join them so they can see what life is like for you and perhaps increase their appreciation for your sibling's abilities. Or if you have no relationship to a disabled boy or girl, this is a wonderful way to tear down that curtain that separates you and see into their worlds to uncover the many layers of life that will reveal themselves to you and allowing you to experience what giving means while enriching your own experiences and informing your perceptions of others. Kids face enough internal and self-conscious doubt and confusion. By helping others, it allows them to be better able to reflect upon their own experiences in relation to others because they're connecting and having to think beyond me to step away from the self-absorption and self-criticisms to nurture the needs of a fellow teen who might have a tougher time climbing that hill of life's challenges. This could be life-altering and accelerate an understanding of their own humanity. 
This is what I see happening for these three very different, yet similarly kind-hearted persons I've worked alongside. I encourage you to encourage your child to give it a try. Find out where their interests lie and find organizations that will offer them opportunities. There are a multitude of ways and organizations out there. A little Google search can be the start of their journey. It's time now for a tip of the cap and Good News Community Share in combination. Presenting your exceptional needs parenting tip and good news for your consumption. Today's tip comes from autismandadhdconnection.com entitled Nine Ways That Volunteering Helps Your Autistic and ADHD Teenager by Tamara. Giving back to our community helps us feel part of something bigger and provides a sense of satisfaction that we're helping others. In fact, studies have shown that people who volunteer feel happier. Volunteering helps our autistic and ADHD children and teenagers too. Volunteering helps you connect with your community and makes you feel like you're making a positive difference where you live. It gives you a sense of purpose and allows you to better understand the struggles and difficulties that other people experience daily in their lives. It also helps you and your family, if you volunteer together, to meet new people, socialize in a different way, expand your network, increase your self-esteem, reduce stress, increase your brain functioning, example, problem solving and memory, and open up new career opportunities. Tamara says she participated in a lot of volunteer activities throughout her college career. Then after she graduated, she became involved in a local volunteer group for young adults. And currently she serves as a volunteer board member of the Autism Community Connection. Tamara offers us nine ways volunteering helps autistic and ADHD teenagers. First, find out what type of work they enjoy. One of the biggest indicators of future employment success for autistic teenagers is to hold a part-time job during high school. Volunteering through different activities can help your teen figure out what types of work they enjoy. Do they like sorting and organizing, serving customers, or assembling materials? Two, learn basics for a job. Volunteering can help your teen learn some of the basics they need to know for having a job, such as being punctual, wearing appropriate attire, following instructions, understanding what's expected in a workplace, and learning how to work under a manager. Three, being a part of the team. Four, boosting confidence. Five, meeting new people and enhancing social skills. They may even make a new friend or two. Number six, build a resume. When it comes time for a teen to find their first part-time job, or even after they begin working, volunteering is a great experience to list on their resume. Seven, help their community. Feeling the sense of belonging in the community is important. Eight, feel good about a job well done. Once they've completed their volunteer session, they can look at what they've accomplished and be proud of what they've done to help others. And number nine, Learn responsibility. This is a great way for them to learn about responsibility in additional ways outside of home and school. So how can you find volunteer opportunities for your team? If you belong to a church or other organization, they may have activities already planned for volunteering. You can also check your local food pantries, homeless shelters, animal shelters, community gardens, and soup kitchens to see if they need volunteers. 
For other volunteering opportunities, you can check out websites that I will post on the resource page of my website, specialedrising.com. I want to thank you again for listening to this episode, and I hope you'll join me each week to hear about topics close to your heart and welcome fresh and informative insights into areas that are new to you. It's an honor to have you tune in and a pleasure to share with you. All music heard on today's show comes from Jason Shaw at Audionautics.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram at Special Ed Rising, Facebook at Special Ed Rising, and on my website, SpecialEdRising.com. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts, and tell your friends. You can contact me directly with questions, comments, or if you're interested in parent coaching through my email, specialedrising at gmail.com, or my contact pages on Facebook or my website. I would love for you to share some of your stories, which I can add to the community share page of my website. With your permission, I'd love to share your submission with the audience. Also, let me know if there's anything you'd like to learn more about. And until next time, peace and keep rising. Thank you.